Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two here on the early line. It is the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri, Dean Martinez, as uh, we continue to talk some football because it continues to deliver uh, for us on a lot of different levels here. And while we continue to wait, as here we are in the middle of April, Dane, right? We continue to wait for that May 1st, which I do think um, over the next couple of weeks is going to be very interesting. Uh, a lot of, we already know a lot of the general manager, uh, general manager, a lot of the commissioners of these leagues have, uh, you know, baseball, Adam Silver, Manfred, uh, Bettman, they've all said that, you know what, wait till May 1st and we're going to have a, a better idea of what we're looking at. And which is, uh, we have said, we're okay with that. We're going to finish out the month of April. And then I personally think even by May 1st, a lot of what we are hearing across the board, guys, and forget about sports, but a lot of what we're hearing, a lot of places in this uh, country are already talking about getting back to work by May. So we're already talking about uh, a lot of places in this country, the numbers and the data are coming in, and you know the numbers are dwindling at a ridiculous rate here. So we know what we're doing is working, and it really is a week-by-week situation. So, um, but there are, and, and listen, a lot of cities and a lot of states, not all of them, obviously, where Dane is in New York, um, you know, the hubs and these, these epicenters yeah. of the thing, it's going to take a little bit longer, and it's understandable, but there is a lot of places in the country right now. I know the state of Washington, where a lot of this all began. Um, they're ready to go May 1st. They're already talking about procedures on getting people back to work. They're rolling out testing soon. I mean, so May 1st is going to be, I think, kind of a new year for all of us here in this country, Dan, certainly in the world of sports. I, for one, am looking forward to it because what we continue to hear out of baseball, out of, and the good news, again, is, you know, Dane and I were laughing here this morning is, um, on, on, we know there's live baseball right now in the world, right? So it's, it's happening, no fans, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's happening, which is a great sign for us moving forward football and the draft next week. So a lot to be excited about. And it's amazing Dan, where we think just five, six weeks ago, when we were getting ready for selection Sunday to where we are now, which is really just a month ago, right? What August 5th, uh, March 15th would have been. It's amazing the roller coaster that we have been on where it was, you know, it started out where, ah, this is nothing. It'll blow over to, oh, my world. Oh, my God. It's Armageddon. It's, it's going to be ridiculous. And now we're getting to the point where we're like, all right, a couple of weeks, we're going to start rolling back out, getting back going. So it's, uh, it, it's been a roller coaster of emotions for everybody, uh, certainly in the world of sports. But I, I remain confident. I'll continue to say, I think. We're going to have baseball back. We're going to have basketball. We're going to have hockey. We're certainly going to have football, golf, you name it. Go down the list. Um, It's coming. It's on the way. And I think every day now, Dane, as that flattening curve comes, I I think the positivity and the outlook has been changed a little bit for some people, which is all a good thing. So it's only been five weeks, but it's been five weeks that feels like five years right now. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. You know, I share your um, hopefulness. I share your optimism, you know, um, but maybe because I still am in the epicenter. Yeah, no, it's uh, New York. You know, it feels a little different. It feels like we are still really in the thick of it. Okay, I still hear sirens left and right, Mm -hmm. you know, coming back to my apartment. I agree with you that, you know, there is hope out there. My only caveat, Joe, and I think you got to acknowledge this is for us to, quote unquote, finish the job and do what it is that is working, the physical distancing as our kind of weapon here, we have to keep it up. We can't just get ahead of ourselves and be like, hey, it's all good now, right? Mm -hmm. We have to finish the job. We have to continue to do this so this curb can continue to flatten instead of just being like, hey, poof, it's all good. Well, we just gotta, we just can't get out in front of our skis just yet. Let's keep going, guys. Got two more weeks till May 1st, and then uh, the whole uh, everything will uh, will look differently. 
Uh, everything yeah. will be there. We'll have much more clarity on what's going on, which, of course, is really what most of us just want more than anything. If you're going to play, if you're not going to play, whatever it is, I think uh, May 1st is kind of that line in the sand where we're going to learn a lot on what they're thinking and, and where we're going to be. And, you know, two weeks time might as well be two years because it feels like it on how things change week by we'll week. Will happen right. Week. It, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? But you know what right. I mean? Yeah, it's going to be Joe, nuts. Honestly, that's why, Joe, and we've talked about this. It may be a better approach to instead of saying like a date, to say right. like these horizons that need to happen or right. these conditions, whether it is yep. um, around testing or whether it is around uh, yep. where the curve goes, as opposed to like May 1st. Like any date is arbitrary, Joe. Right, right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's really about the conditions that are at play. And as long as we're driven by those conditions, I can I remain hopeful and optimistic. Yep. Let's get back to it. Yeah, and uh, and really the only thing that we want is just some clarity. We don't, you know, don't need to tell us we'll be back by June 3rd. We don't need to hear any oh, of that. Oh, oh no. <laughs> just tell us what it is that you're thinking as opposed to leaking out, you know, every plan you have. Just tell us, you know, come May 1st, guys, which is a Friday. Um, just tell us, say, hey, listen, heading into the weekend, guys, here's our here's our thought process. Here's where we are. Here's what's going to happen. Right. And, you know, just kind of lay it out for it. Doesn't have to be a date, but just don't keep people guessing and thinking that we're going to be in Japan, Arizona. Uh, we're going to be over in, uh, you know, we're going to be on in Saskatchewan. Like, I, you know, <laughs> just give us some clarity because Lord knows that you guys have had enough time to figure this out. And you've obviously... There isn't any stone you haven't, you know, unturned there to be able to figure out what can be done. And uh, I do think in a couple of weeks, they'll at least pass that information on to us, the fans, so we could also be prepared. And I think they all know what's at stake here. Obviously, we love our sports. Um, it is going to be the perfect distraction when it can come back and when it does. Uh, it'll give a sense of normalcy. And all of these leagues know it, not to mention you're talking about billions of dollars at stake here with these. Uh, as much it's not just a game, it's a multi-billion dollar business. So, yes, I do think that they are motivated to get back as soon as anybody else. Now, having said that, of course, the NFL continues to uh, to push forward here, Dane. And we talked um, at the end of last hour, last segment, we had talked about, of course, the running back position where Christian McCaffrey has set, well, he's yeah. basically set the market at $16 million. And we went over a number of these different running backs that are coming up for, you know, that, that point where teams have to decide, am I paying them? Am I going to give them that ridiculous contract or am I going to let them walk? Now, Carolina chose to give Christian McCaffrey at 23 years old $16 million a year, lock him up throughout his prime. Good for you guys. But if Dane Martinez is, and we also talked about how Josh Jacobs picked right. in the first round, and Gruden's got him tied up for another four years here. And then, you know what, can franchise tag him if he's still good by the time he's 26, 27, 28 years old. But if, Dane, if you are a general manager and you're yeah. going into this draft, and let's say DeAndre Swift, for instance, out right. of Georgia, let's say you're at the bottom of that draft and you need a running back, are you going to pass on the running back? Or how would you approach building your franchise with the running back position? Yeah, I think that's a really important uh, question, Joe. And, and, and here's some of the other consistencies mm -hmm. on these names we're talking about. Ezekiel Elliott, mm -hmm. Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, right. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon. These were first-round draft picks, right. Joe. Okay, and I think that is where you just got at it. So would I be drafting DeAndre Swift in the first round? No. But I don't care. I don't care that he's, you know, the top-rated guy. I don't care unless, Joe, I am coming into it and I'm 11 and 5 already. Mm -hmm. And I see this kind of talent as the cherry on top. Okay. In that scenario, sure. Okay. In that scenario, I'll take the running back if I think this rookie running back has the potential to be the difference maker for me winning a championship in the short term. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's because of where I am as a team. 
where my quarterback is in his projection, what the rest of the division looks like, Joe. You know, like maybe, maybe the Panthers are taking CMC and like they want him because they also know that every other quarterback in that division is going to retire in the next four years, you know, between Brady and Breeze and maybe even Matt Ryan, right? So I think that is part of it as well. But no, Joe, you talked about DeAndre Swift. We know about Jonathan Taylor, highly rated running backs. No, Joe, to answer your question, I would not. I would spend my first round picks, you know, all else being equal on linemen, (laughs) on linebackers, that sort of stuff. Because every year, Joe, there's a third round running back who winds up being a stud, okay? So give me Cam Akers out of Florida State in round three. Give me Zach Moss out of Utah in round three. Give me A.J. Dillon, a beast inside the tackles from Boston College. In round four, I am not spending the initial investment, Joe, on a running back at that level because then that warps all the contract torques. I'll find one or two or three, and I'll have a good stable, but very, it is very unlikely that you will see me drafting Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. in the top 10 because I don't want to paint myself into this corner. Yeah, uh, and listen, there is, and that's the, that's the problem with some teams is that they, when they drafted some of these guys, they didn't draft them. At the right time. At the right time in the right position, right? And, and I have no problem drafting a running back in the first round as long as the philosophy of the team moving forward is he's getting one contract and maybe right. a franchise tag. And this way, if I draft him in the first, I've got that rookie deal for five years, right? right. So I'm going to get at least four out of him, maybe five. And then if he's really good still at 27, I'll give him a franchise tag. I could literally hold on to a guy for exactly. six, seven years and without having to commit the kind of money Christian McCaffrey just did. And, Joe, when you talk about, like, those first three or four years, mm-hmm. those also have to be three years where I'm close. Yes. You know, where the difference of having uh, – right. we're talking about these backs, and every time we talk about them, yes. no one's doubting their skill set. Yes. We think Christian McCaffrey's a great back. We think Zeke's a good back. We think Saquon, Cook, Kamara, all these people, we think they're good backs, okay? I also have to be in a position in my team's competitive cycle, Joe, right. where the difference of having kind of like these committee running backs, these Chris Carsons of the world. That's correct. And the difference from having a guy like Chris Carson – to a guy like Ezekiel Elliott is the difference in my championship hopes, okay? In that environment, yep. sure, I'll take the stud running back, okay? Yep. But those things have to all line up, and that's why I think it's so interesting. Like, the cycle has to be there for the entire franchise, as per what the GM's job is, right. the quarterback's success is, right? So it all has to line up so that I have a window so that that window is open in those times when I'm getting the best production out of that first contract running back, if that makes sense. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, when you look at the bottom of the draft this year, um, you know, and you look at teams like Tennessee, you look at teams like Kansas City, um, you know, you had mentioned, right, like you've got Tennessee there at the bottom of the draft that has got a, now they're going to have to make a decision. They franchise tag Derrick Henry, but they've got to figure out if they're not going to commit to him after this year, would they I go with a DeAndre Swift right. and take his, you know, and, and have a guy locked up at a rookie that's not even going to be close to what you'd have to pay Derrick Henry or Kansas City? Um, are you happy with Damien? Are you, would you go ahead with the bottom pick there and pick the best running back in this draft knowing that you're going to have him locked up? You got everything right. else. You'll have him locked up for four or five years at a nothing price. So... You know, who at the bottom of the draft could use that? Yeah, so I think, you know, you mentioned Kansas City. And that's why I thought it was important to mention it last week when they signed DeAndre Washington. Yes. Because to me, Joe, that was a clue Mm -hmm. that they're going about it this other way. Right. They're going about it quantity over, you know, elite quality, right? Right, right. They have uh, now DeAndre Washington. They have uh, Damian Williams. They signed Elijah McGuire. And the list goes on. They are not putting them in a position where they're going to have to have the running back market come calling. Yes. That's the way they're going at it. In my opinion, back of the first round, a team who fits all of this, in my opinion, already. Okay. You already have the quarterback solution done. You are already a contender. 
You already have this scheme. And if you got what is the production out of a great first or second year running back, it could hit. And it could be that cherry on top. I look at the Seattle Seahawks, Joe. Oh, good point. Yep. I look at the Seattle Seahawks, right? They're at the back. They're number 27 overall, right? Good point. As long as Russell Wilson is upright, they're a contender, and he's already been paid, okay? It's not like his contract is coming up anytime soon. You have the kid in DK Metcalf. He's Mm going to be on his rookie deal already. You You know, you can now... You know, go and get the rest of the defense. Always keep an eye on that. I believe if they got the stud running back who becomes Saquon, Gurley, Zeke for like that two to three year window, that can actually be enough of a value add for the Seahawks to make it worth it in that week, in that window before the walls come crashing in. I think the Seahawks could be a team where, where that calculus is worth it to go get a true, you know, someone who's going to be a Pro Bowl running back we're talking about in two years, a la Joe Mixon, a la Dalvin Cook. If you put a running back like that on that team, given what they already have and given the fact that the quarterback is already taken care of, I think it could fit. Yep, and, and, you know, it's not loaded with a bunch of running backs here, but there obviously are a couple that will be interesting at the bottom of the first round there to see exactly what happens. And of course, I do anticipate you'll get uh, a lot of running backs in that third round, you know, maybe even a second round if they don't go in the first. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who's going to get them, when they're going to get them. And these teams, like we said, that know the clock is ticking here on the guys that they have uh, already. So it'll be interesting to see who goes running back uh, in the draft order and how that falls into place. But Uh, It's not just running backs. You know, we've talked some wide receivers, offensive line. That bottom half of that draft board uh, is going to be interesting. And understanding teams that don't have a first-round draft pick, there's a couple of those. And if you don't have them, what are are they going to do? So we'll talk about that as we continue to focus our attention on the draft. Coming up a week from today here, guys, get ready for it. It's going to be an awful lot of fun the 2020 NFL Draft, and uh, we're going to find ways for you to profit and get some value on the board, and we'll continue to do that coming up next here on The Grid. It's the early line, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into the early line here on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe Renner, Dane Martinez. The NFL, it is the gift that keeps giving here as uh, they continue to provide us uh, all sorts of talking points and opportunities to, uh, to break down what uh, we know is going to be a very interesting draft uh, from a lot of different perspectives. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, Roger Goodell on his couch in his basement calling it, uh, which is going to be very interesting to see how this gets produced. Uh, also, you should know, of course, here right here on the grid at sportsgrid.com, uh, we'll have uh, wall-to-wall live uh, draft coverage uh, from all your favorite sure. hosts here, uh, including the old, uh, you know, the old Pro Football Today crew will be uh, guiding you through. All the hosts yeah, will be coming on. First round draft, it's going to be an awful lot of fun coming up next week. So we've got you covered. And certainly from a betting perspective, a lot of different ways that we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes with these prop bets on uh, on how to approach it and how to make some value bets. But we did want to point out also that <clears throat> even when you're making mock drafts, and Dane and I will be uh, putting ours together here over the next week, it's important to remember there are six teams who don't have a first-round pick. 
uh, and mostly because they traded away. They made trades last year, kind of went all in on some things right. there, um, or this year. And, and it's important you understand those six teams because those six teams are the kinds of teams that are in a position to go up into day one kind of trade out if they are interested or if they really like a player they don't think they might get in the second round that they might be able to make a move up and go get and also i think you'll find that some of these teams are in a some are in better position than others and you've take you take the buffalo bills for instance who just lost that their draft pick this year uh, not like it was going to be very high for the first time because they did make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But their first pick is number 54 overall, which is in the second round. Now, they traded away that first pick to get Stephon Diggs, so Minnesota took that one there. Um, but they, listen, they they got depth all over the place, Buffalo. It's interesting. Um, they got Josh Norman, EJ Gaines for the secondary. Yeah. Obviously, not what they're used to being, but, you know, of course, very good. Um, Jerry Hughes, um, yeah. you know, is they've got depth on the defensive side, I think is fantastic. One of the better defensive teams, obviously. We expect the same this year. Uh, and quietly, over the last couple of years, they've put together one hell of a offensive line. Cody Ford, Ty Nischke, uh, Deion Dawkins. Yeah. They got some guys up front that have protected, great example, really protected them. So now you got to look at them and go, all right, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Well, look, offensive line, edge rushers, any of those types of things that they can get at the number 54 pick, I think all of it is on the table for them. Or even maybe, I don't know, do they go running back in this particular situation, maybe yeah. in that 54 pick? Maybe that's an opportunity for them. But they've got, they've done an amazing job of putting this roster together, I think. And now, Jerry Hughes ain't going to be around forever. Trent Murphy ain't going to be around forever. So you've got to maybe start looking to the future, and you can do that with the number 54 pick in the draft. So, you know, um, I've been doing some videos here for Sports Grid and mm-hmm. trying to project some of the, the draft. And, you know, I looked at the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And remember what I just said, Joe, last segment, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't spend the early draft capital on running back right. unless you're already a contender. Right. You have a quarterback in that young window already, right? And adding to the the running back position could be a big difference maker for you. Yep. I believe the Buffalo Bills fit that criteria, Joe. You mentioned some of the guys they've already addressed, uh, added in the offseason on the defensive side of the ball. Remember, Josh Norman Mm -hmm. they have now at cornerback. Mario Addison to pair with Jerry Hughes at the pass rush. This is also a defense, Joe, that has been, what, top five, top ten in the league for the last, like, Getting better in a row, right? So they're good on that side of the ball. I actually think them trading for Stephon Diggs, if I'm reading the tea leaves, Joe, this means to me they are trying to become more dynamic Mm -hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. That's what Diggs does on the outside, okay? You talked about them already having a quality offensive line. Joe, they drafted the kid Devin Singletary last year, and he progressed. Absolutely. At the end of the year last year, he was good. But they ain't going to have Frank Gore necessarily, or if they do, it'll be a shell of their former selves. Yep. Okay. And, you know, so many teams are going at it with this committee approach, right? So if you ain't got Gore, you got one. I actually believe that because also, Joe, they don't have a first round pick. Right. So it would not be this kind of condition like we're talking about with Zeke or with Saquon or right. with Hook. These first round running backs are already slotted. I actually believe at number 54 overall, there may be some game-breaking running backs mm-hmm. still there that could be the perfect, like I say, cherry on top yep. for this offense as they try to get more high-octane, Yep. right? Yep. That is kind of the answer for the Bills. So whether it's, and I mentioned some of these names, Cam Akers mm-hmm. out of Florida State, yep. J.K. Bruiser. Dobbins. Yep. So J.K. Dobbins has an over-under prop bet of around, I think it's like 51 and a half. Right. Well, Bills pick at 54, okay? So that is right around that window I actually believe Buffalo is the profile of a team who could look to add a one of these top-level running backs, not the Swift or the Taylors, but when they're drafting late second round, what's there may be the perfect addition to their offense. They're good on the defensive side of the ball. They have the young quarterback. Maybe a, a, um, a game-breaking running back that they can find in the second or third round is the perfect addition to the formula 
for Buffalo? Uh, the only thing I would say, and they don't need a lot, but the only thing that they're lacking, and, you know, it's, of course, timing is everything in, in life in any NFL, is you've got Diggs, Brown, and Cole Beasley. And those three guys are phenomenal at what they do, but none of them is six feet tall. And they don't have that big bodied, tall, right. wide receiver that can go up like a Devin Funches or like what even sure. what Sammy Watkins used to be able to do at six sure. foot one. They don't have that big six two, six one. And in this draft, guys, there are so many wide receivers. I mean, you know, uh, T. Higgins, you know, those types of guys. They are huge, big-bodied wide receivers in depth coming in this draft. I would not be surprised if they add that also to go along with what you're saying, that dynamic approach. We know you can go deep. You know what I mean? We know you got a great slot guy in Coles Beasley, but who inside that red zone can go up and get that ball in the fade pattern in the corner? Because none of those guys can. So who's going to be that big-bodied wide receiver? That might be a place they're looking. Yeah, that makes sense. Diggs and Smoke Brown, they're the same kind of profile of wide receiver. (laughs) Usually is your prototypical slot kind of guy. They do like the tight end Dawson Knox that they have, Joe. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. not what you're talking about outside the numbers. Right. Back shoulder fade, go up and get 50-50 50-50 ball. Diggs is actually really good at that, despite his size. Right. I will say that. Oh, no, he's good. Yep. yep. But here's the thing, and, and we're on the same page, Joe, because, right, they have a second-round pick, mm-hmm. the third-round pick. I would just say that, we've talked about it, there's so mm-hmm. many wideouts, right? Yep. And if they're looking for that specific kind of wideout, I agree with you, right? The 6'4 guy who could put on the outside the numbers, maybe they can find that later on in the wide receiver market because there are so many, Joe. I think about a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan, Mm -hmm. who they could do that as maybe a third-round pick. A lot of people talking about Claypool out of Notre Dame, who could fill that role. I I think you're right. The Bills are the kind of team that may actually spend the capital on the shiny new toys and have it make sense. We agree on that. For me, it'll just be like, what's left there in round two? What's left there in round three? And are they comfortable in the third or fourth round, thinking one of those guys at that position who they like will still be there. But I think you're right. The Bills may go skill positions. Yep. Now, they do have – they got seven picks. They got two, three, four, five, two in the six, one in the seven. So, at the same time, they could accumulate more draft picks, move down, depending on what's going on. There's a lot of stuff they can do. But the other – one of the other teams, of course, that has um, no first-round pick. Uh, They also have zero cap space. Uh, that being the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yeah. the Steelers have six picks this year, and they're going to need every one of them because I'm, I'm telling you right now, guys, when you look at this roster, you got Roethlisberger coming off a surgery. He's 38 years old. But coming up after this year, guys, free agents, Juju Smith-Schuster, Joe Hayden, Cam Hayward, yeah. Villanueva, Matt Feller, James Conner. So they are in such a win-now mode. It's going to be fascinating to me to see where they go with that first pick, 49th overall in the second round. They do have six, yeah. but a lot of what this draft has to be for the Steelers, to me, with no cap space, go get younger. Start finding some youth in that secondary. Start finding some youth on that line because – um, next year, you've got to make some decisions on who you're going to extend and who you're going to uh, go after. Is Connor your answer? Is right. Juju Smith your answer? Um, they got to spend. Joe Aiden's going to be 32, so like yeah. you've got to you got to spend this draft capital getting younger at some positions that you absolutely need to get younger at, and maybe even a quarterback. Who the hell knows? So it's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, similar to what we talked about with New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to shove right now because. Their window is Drew Brees, right? Yes, yep. When Drew Brees walks away, their window, you know, they're in a completely different part of this cycle that we talk about. That's right? correct, yep. And the Steelers are kind of in the same boat, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, unlike Phillip Rivers moving on and Brady moving on and Eli retiring yep. and all that stuff, the, the, the Steelers, like the Saints, are giving it the last shot with yeah, their horse. That's correct. Right? So I agree with you. I would. That means to me, they're going at it with Juju and Connor and all that stuff. Maybe they draft that fourth round running back to see. And they did that with Benny Snell last yes, year. Absolutely. They did that at wide receiver last year. Also, Joe with Deontay Johnson, a kid that they like coming out. 
One of the things you said is where I think they go. They don't have a first-round pick, mm -hmm. but they do have an aging quarterback with an injury history, right? So I believe if you want to give it this shot with Big Ben, you know what you got to do, Joe? You got to keep him upright. Yes. All right? And to me, um, it's not a sexy position, but I go on the interior of the offensive line, Joe. Yep. Okay, they lost um, Ramon Foster, mm -hmm. who was a guard there for them for years. A long time, yep. You know, and he retired. All right, so, and also, Joe, guards, centers, they don't go in the first round generally. Mm -hmm. So you can still get, like, the second highest rated guard yep. with this pick in the middle of the second round. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? And that's actually what I think they do. I've been connecting the dots to John Simpson, a guard out of Clemson, Joe, one of the top interior offensive linemen. Cesar Ruiz from Michigan is one. Lloyd uh, Chisenberry from LSU is one. I actually think because Big Ben is on his last legs, because you need to protect, you want to have a running game. The offensive line is big there. I actually think they get younger, but on O-line, Joe, the yep. interior of that offensive line, because, it, you know, their only path to the playoffs this year is Big Ben playing 16 games anyway. Yep. All right, so I think, I think this could be a team that could go interior offensive line and still get a highly rated guy at that position in the middle of the second round. Yeah, you've got to... Um value is going to be huge for Pittsburgh on where it is. So they each round that they, of those six picks, they've got to be locating some really good value on the board at that particular point. Yeah, yeah, and who knows what exactly. Or even the best player on the board, might there might be still some value there in the middle yeah. of the second round. So uh, it's interesting for them. The Rams also a team uh, that absolutely we know no cap space, uh, shedding money left and right. They've got uh, the first pick is 52nd overall in the second round, but they have six picks as well. They need help, obviously, on the uh, offensive line. They've got a, in that kind of offense, they need guys that are way more athletic as opposed to guys that are just uh, maulers. You're not going to be a running team, obviously. So you need guys that uh, certainly are a little bit more athletic, a little more depth. You got to figure out what you're going to do on defense now. They're in... They're in such a weird spot. Uh, obviously, Ramsey's probably going to resign. That's why they're shedding some money. Uh, but what else after him? Like, you've, you've got to get some value in there, much like Pittsburgh and the Colts, too. I mean, the Colts are so interesting to me because, again, look at how they are stacked, right? New quarterback. We already know they've done a great job kind of on both sides of the ball. They got seven picks this year, Dane. Two in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, two in the sixth. They've got the 34th overall, which means they're at the top of the board yep. in day two here. And, you know, might that be a spot for the future quarterback on the team? Or... You know, might that be a spot where they go and get themselves, I don't know, somebody behind Marlon Mack or somebody, you know, a, another weapon on the outside? Because yeah. Lord knows there's a lot of value that's going to be there, I think, at the top of round two in yeah. that wide receiver position. I like the wide receiver position for the Colts as well, mm. Joe. And when you talk about at the top of round two, you know, I've been holding out hope that a guy like T. Higgins might be available for the yes. Jets in round two but when Good you point. think about this offense they've got the offensive line they're going at it with philip rivers that is a short-term solution yep. right so strike when the iron is hot get the cherry on top that's what i'm talking about here and i can see betting a wide receiver opposite ty hilton remember they lost eric ebron they lost mm -hmm. them in punches so they do need a pass catcher in my opinion marlon mack and naheem himes are a perfectly good combo in my opinion will the other question though for me on the Colts is how do they really feel about Jacoby Brissett? Because yeah. if they truly do think Jacoby Brissett does have a future, then there's no need to draft the Eason, the Fromm, the Jordan Love at that level, right? Yep. If they believe that Brissett could be an heir apparent to Phillip Rivers, then you need to get that wide receiver out there and augment what's happening on the outside. Yep. If you think you need that quarterback, then maybe it is a Jordan Love or an Eason or a Fromm or one of these other guys we're talking about from Hawaii, Patterson, down in rounds three or four that you're trying to cultivate. Correct. Yep, and I, uh, I'll just say, too, a couple of the other teams, guys, that don't have um, any first-round draft pick. One is the Bears, who find themselves right. in, a, in a tough spot there. They got the number 50 pick. And, of course, the last team, which everyone's made fun of, um, is the Houston Texans, who don't obviously have one. They pick number 40, which, again, is yeah. top 10 in round two, guys. But they have eight 
draft picks this year. They've got two in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth, uh, one in the fifth, and three in the seventh. So they will be able to load up on value across the board, Dane, in yep. this particular draft. And two, two picks in the second round allows them to be able to maneuver a little bit and go get that first player that they want off the board early in round two. So I think Houston is going to be very interesting, and it might be offensive linemen. Getting a whole lot of value there, uh, backing on the offensive line could very well happen here with uh, with Bill O'Brien. We'll talk more about that because I want to get your thoughts on where they go. Uh, plus, we'll talk some uh, some prop bets for the draft. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in the early line here on the grid, SportsGrid.com. Want to thank you guys very much for stopping by, hanging out with us. Hope you are as excited as we are for the draft coming up next week. A lot of great things uh, happening here. A lot of great live programming coming your way uh, for the draft. Not only, obviously, the rest of this week, but all next week. Uh, a lot of time and effort uh, that's going to be uh, provided for you guys. Certainly looking at the prop bets and how to go ahead and make some value plays here. For many of you, it might be the first time that you've had an opportunity to head over to FanDuel and, uh, and get yourself set up there. Uh, and that's all right. It's coming here. There are a number of, to me, tremendous value plays on the board when it comes to this draft. The draft has always been a great place uh, to bet a little. The problem with the draft is that it's always, it's taken place in the middle of everything else. So a lot of guys, you know, that's forgot good. about it, didn't get a chance. They watch the draft, but they don't necessarily dive into it. Um, with it being the only thing, of course, on the board here, I think this is going to be fascinating. Those that are looking at these prop bets and are going to dive in. Uh, and, of course, it just adds that much more excitement uh, to the draft. And before we get to some of those uh, prop bets, I want to uh, get your thoughts, Dane. We talked about those uh, teams not in the first round that yeah. don't have a, a pick on 30, but obviously have some others. Um, and one of the teams that I mentioned, of course, was the Texans that a lot of people just, you know, ripping. Um, the problem is they got eight draft picks here. They've got a ton of draft capital in this draft, and we know that there is a lot of things that they can do, right? They don't have a first-round pick this year. They won't have a first-round pick next year. But they still have three top 100 selections. That's huge, Dane. That's huge in a draft, having that kind of ability with the top 100 players in the draft. Yep. That is good. So the question is, you got Will Fuller playing on a fifth-year option. No more DeAndre Hopkins, right? right? Kenny Stills is a free agent after this year. Yikes. Oh, wait a minute. It happens to be one of the deepest drafts in the wide receiver position. You're talking two second-rounders and one third-rounder. So that basically, Dane, you're going to have three picks in the top 100 to kind of be able to mold those weapons for Deshaun and also get me some depth across the board on both sides of the ball there. How do you see it working out for Houston? If I'm the GM of the Texans, and I guess I, if I'm the GM, I'd be the judge, jury, and executioner, and owner, head coach, everybody. <laughs> right? So if I was Bill O'Brien, <laughs> yep. um, I have to go O-line, Joe. I yeah, have to. I, I'm with you. I have to keep Deshaun Watson healthy. I keep on going back to this. The man's been sacked more than almost anybody in the NFL over the last few years. I cannot get out of my mind the idea that he yep. had to travel via bus instead of plane yep. to a road game because they were worried about his collapsed lung and ribs and stuff. This man, they, they risk his health every time they send him back to pass. Okay, And he is one of the, you know, dynamic quarterbacks in this league. I, yep. you know, all last year, right, in the AFC, I was like, it's going to be Patty Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or Deshaun Watson. I said that to you dozens of times. Correct. And that remains true, okay? And now, Joe, he's on the last year of his deal. And yep. you've already shipped his number one wide receiver away, right? Yep. So I think you have to send some signals and some love to Deshaun Watson. And what better way to do that than to protect him? I think they need to go offensive line. I don't think 
they invest in the wide out because they do have quali- quantity and quality there. Right. They go, acquiring running backs left and right, Joe. Right. And so for me, it's either O-line. I also would not be surprised if they go get somebody in the secondary. They were not able to defend the pass uh, well last year. But for me, yep. offensive line would be the place I go because I got to I got to throw Deshaun Watson a bone somewhere. Yeah. And listen, you've got to get and you might very well have a lot of value. You're number 40 pick. That's a top 10 pick there. So the wide receiver spot going to be available to you. You lost DJ Reader in the center of that um, that defensive line there. Big guy, athletic guy. I I know they'll be able to find a uh, a suitable replacement there on a big bodied, more athletic guy to be able to kind of uh, do a little run stuffing. They've got options, but you got to have the assets in order to be able to pull it off and make some right decisions. Good luck right. with that. But at least they have it. If you are the Bears, which is the final team without a, a first-round draft pick, it's so interesting with that, that quarterback position again. Is it going to be Falls? Is it going to be um, um, Trubisky? I, I, it's what are his weapons? You know what I'm saying? That seems to be the problem with me. They forced last year. The, the, that defense of the Bears last year was really good. The problem was they spent all this time on the field. They kind of ran out of steam um, right. at the end. So that's kind of what the problem with them was. So they need to have some consistency on offense. The offensive line to me is pretty solid. It was solid last year. Um, it's nothing exceptional, but they just don't have, to me, outside of Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, like, what do you yeah. do if you're the Bears who have six? Yeah, they've got uh, seven. They've got seven draft picks. Two in the second, by the way. The second round. One right. in the fifth. What do you do with? I don't know. What do you go if you're the Bears? That's an interesting question, Joe. You know, and 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 the Bears picks are interesting because they have two second round picks. Yes. I believe number forty three and number fifty overall. That's correct. Yep. And they ain't got Jack Joe <laughs> until like the fifth, fifth round. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And and honestly, yeah. guys. This is, this is the price of Khalil Mack, right? This is the price for by, uh, trading for Khalil Mack. They're yep. still using draft picks. That's their first-round pick as well. It's the Raiders who have their first-round pick. That's correct. From a trade that was made years ago, okay? So think about this, and think about this when you're a Buffalo in a few years when you still are giving up picks for Stephon Diggs. But yep. I digress. You know, I think they're a good defense still, Joe. I really do. I still think they're a good defensive team. I think Mitchell Trubisky put them in bad spots last year. Okay? So I look on the offensive side of the ball. You talk about Allen Robinson. You talk about Anthony Miller. Remember, they have the the kind of Swiss Army knife already in Tariq Cohen. Mm -hmm. They just drafted a rookie running back last year, Joe, in David Montgomery. They've addressed the quarterback competition with Nick Foles, whether I think that moves the needle or not. I'm on offensive line, Joe. Yeah. Same thing I just said with the Steelers. How in that middle of the first, or the second round, there could be some good interior linemen that are still out there. I think yep. the same could be said for the Bears. I would not be surprised if, listen, the last chance hurrah to give your developing quarterback a chance. And so before you say Mitchell Trubisky was a bust, right. what's the last thing you maybe try to do? protect him that's and it. I think I think offensive line could be where the Bears yeah I think that's uh as fa- and you'll be able to get some value they got two picks in the second right. round they got to make it happen um yeah. and they need a, a weapon or two but they also need obviously to beef up that offensive line and keep that defense that's off the field so there's uh it's interesting so there you go you got those uh, six teams there guys no draft picks in the first they're in interesting some are in win now situations others um, it's time to add some depth and those types of things to it. Uh, but, you know, listen, a ton of prop bets coming up here in this draft, uh, Dane. And, and we're excited because we started yesterday kind of breaking down certainly the top 15 uh, on what we thought these teams were going to do. So let's continue with that theme and stick to one of the more straightforward yeah. prop bets that we love uh, each and every year. And it's, it's very simple, guys. Even if you don't know who the players are, and you don't have to. You'll right. still be able to participate in this prop bet because it's fairly simple. We're going to ask you, uh, will the team go offense or will the team go defense? And it's pretty straightforward knowing that the top 15 picks in the draft, they all have very specific needs there. Um, the second half of the draft gets a little tricky uh, because those are the better teams. But certainly the top 15, they could go in a million directions. 
question is, is there any value in the top 15 as we start going down the list on whether or not we think they're going offense or defense? Yeah, so let's talk about this, Joe. Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, that yesterday or the day before when we talked about it, we kind of thought they were going to be in the top 10, let's say. Yes. Three quarterbacks we talked about, right? We talked about like three or four of the offensive linemen that yep. were going to go, right. right? And then we talked about like these three or four teams that we thought may go defense. Yes. Right? So I want to tell you, I want to first start with those teams, the teams that we kind of thought were going to go defense okay. and see if this is just like too much juice for you to lay in essence, Joe. You know yep. what I That first one, and, and we talked about how the Detroit Lions, for example, they were a team that you and I both thought that Patricia was going to go best defensive player available if they stay at number three, or even if they trade down, it would be taking the risk that one of these elite defenders was still there, right? Yep. You were thinking maybe Simmons. I thought maybe Akuda was a pick. But regardless, Joe, we think they're going defense. The question is, so does the books, Joe. Um, they're lifting it at minus 550. Would you lay minus 550? And I love what they just did this week, too, by the way. They, um, it, it, it was spread out that it was understood that uh, the Detroit Lions uh, interviewed not one, but two quarterbacks in the oh, draft here yeah. this year, right? That's so cool. I love that, and I, got, I love the misdirection that they talked to Tua and Herbert. And I, that, is a, that is a signal, guys, that um, they're letting the people – you're Miami or you're Chargers, and you want one of those two. Now you got to worry about Detroit. So well done, Detroit, uh, throwing that out there. I don't think it changes the fact that, to me, they're going defense. I don't know a team that is going to come up and, and have to give up what they're going to need to move up to number three and jump Miami. I don't even think Miami's going to do it, to be completely honest with you. They have the draft capital to do it. And I do think the only team that would go with Detroit in that is Miami because of the ability of what they've got there. Uh, the Chargers also unique, but they're a spot behind. They'd have. I don't see any of them doing it this year for this class. So having said that, to me, minus 550, it's going to be a cooter or it's going to be Simmons as far as I'm concerned. It ain't going to be a quarterback. So to me, give me the minus 550 okay. on that, and, and I would be very confident that's what Matt Patricia is going to do. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes, you know, juice, if, if you win, yep. you ain't got to worry about exactly it. Exactly right? it, yep. If minus 550, because I kind of, honestly, Joe, I thought you were going to be like that. That was too much. So let me tempt you on another one. One of the other teams, Joe, that we have talked about in the top 10 that you and I both think may go defense, mm -hmm. right? And to be quite honest, they just spent another $64 million on offense just yesterday. Okay, we talked about the Carolina Panthers, Joe, right? Yep. I think this is where Simmons winds up as a replacement for Keekly. You've talked about the back end of that defense as well. They lost Bradbury to the Giants. For the Carolina Panthers, I believe they're, what, like seven or eight right there? Mm -hmm. And uh, for them, defense is not as much juice to swallow, Joe. Minus 280 that the Carolina Panthers with their first pick go defense you and I both think that's where they're going right I think it's going to be one of um it's going to be one of three players depending on how the draft goes okay. if uh if Akuda drops all right and Akuda's not off the board then I think they go that route um if Isaiah Simmons is still on the board it and he drops they're going to go that route and and I do think the third option for them will be uh, Derek Brown out of uh, Auburn. I do think well, he is. I, they're going to go defense, guys. I, it's just a matter to me which one of those three is going to remain. One of them might very right. well fall. Um, it could be Derek Brown, might be Simmons. But at number seven, I don't see how they do anything but go defense to try to rebuild that uh, that side of the ball. And there you ain't got to lay as much out, Joe. Right. That's minus 280. Yep. And we, we're in simpatico on this one, right? We think kind of best defensive player available yep. is where they're going to go. I'll give you yep. one last one here, Joe. Go ahead. Again, these are the kind of teams we thought would go defense mm -hmm. early on in the draft. We talked about Detroit. We talked about Carolina. Joe, the other team in the top 10 that I know you have mentioned may go defense, I kind of agree with you. This is a team that lost Jalen Ramsey, lost A.J. Bouye, traded Calais Campbell away, yep. right? What about the Jacksonville Jaguars? I have seen... Uh, Brown, the kid out of Auburn, connected to them a lot at the number, I believe it's the nine pick. And then again, there is also that universe where 
a Simmons falls, a, an Akuda falls. And this one, the books are thinking is more up for grabs, Joe. Maybe you do too. But the Jacksonville Jaguars to go defense are only minus 140. It's, it's a very tough. This, to me, is the hardest one of them all from really? the standpoint of, um, yes. It and should be. It's only minus 130. Yeah, it's, and, and, it's, and it should be because I could see this going. But I can make an argument that defense should be the way they're going, especially um, since they lost Ramsey and Bouye right. over the land. They got to start rebuilding on the defensive side. But at the same time, and, and, I'll, and I'll give you a couple of names, all right? At number nine. You ain't going anywhere with a second-year mustache quarterback, all right, if you ain't protecting his ass. So there's going to be at number nine one of these stud offensive linemen that are available, right? That's number one. Number two, if you're not sold on Mr. Mustache. Yeah, what if two is still there? If Jordan Love is going to go, this is going to be the first place he's going to go and nobody's got to move. So they could go Jordan Love. If not that, you know, I think between Becton, between Wilfs, between okay. uh, Thomas, one of okay, them okay. is going to be there. You know, they're all going to be there because by the time we get to them at nine. Only one or two will be off the board. Maybe the Giants, the Giants may, right, or maybe none. So to me, at that point, I'm like, oh, that is a toss-up, Dane. I mean, it's a tough one because I think they should go defense. Sure. But I would not blame them if they went stud offensive linemen as well there trying so to I'm rebuild that. You. What I'm hearing you say is you think of these bets, Carolina, maybe at minus 280 is the best value instead of laying minus 550 for Detroit. Yes, I agree. So maybe that's the value. We'll I agree. Yep. With some of the offensive linemen picks yep. Yep. and some of the rest of the draft in the first round. That, that could be, hard. listen, we could be all full of, that could be Jordan Love, guys. That could be where so he don't goes. Don't submit on that. Don't click submit on no, that. No, 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 no. However, no. it could be worth the value. Right. There is so many and a lot, and it's interesting. Once we start getting to that, and we'll continue to do this throughout the week, guys, we'll pick it up again tomorrow. But a lot of that depends on who's still left on the board after pick number six. And the reason we say that is because Tua and Herbert are anticipated to go in the top six, three quarterbacks in the top six. The Giants, I will continue to say, if somebody's going to move up, I think the Giants is where that will happen. But again, we'll break all of this down for you guys. Uh, As the week continues here, we'll push on through looking for the value on the board. In the meantime, morning after is coming up next. Dane and I will be back tomorrow morning, though, breaking it all down for you. Looking to make some money come this uh, this draft next week. So be safe. Enjoy your day. Come back and join us again tomorrow. It's the early line on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.